0: Welcome back to the Tiki Hut, everybody. We are your hosts. Uh, this is my buddy Drew. I am Lando. You can call me Arima. And uh, it was just going to be us for this evening.
1: Yeah, we just figured ah. out this whole his whole recording feature, and they able to able to record with each other. This actually might work out in the long run if if need be. Fuck yeah, I'm not even going to argue.
0: Okay, hey, if it works, it works. I ain't going to complain either. Happy New Year, everyone. It is 2021, or as we know as, 2020 Remix, Remastered, 2020 Prestige, if you're into Call of Duty, I guess. I don't know. point is, style the second. Hopefully, we can brush off the disaster that it is the previous year, and hopefully, there will be a light in the end of the tunnel if we have not already passed it
1: you well, know, you have much more optimism than i do when it comes to this kind of thing as i've told my significant other multiple times we're not getting out of this at least until 2024 and uh, every time i say that she tells me to shut my mouth so uh, either i'm being cynical or she's being too uh high in the sky i don't know at this point and honestly i don't want to test that theory regardless
0: well, we could we could meet halfway and say that you're most likely realistic, and I'm probably being overly optimistic.
1: Not going to argue with you on that one. Both, <laughs> uh, both, both are equally plausible.
0: Yeah. Anywho, It's
1: I'm been sure a long time you- and forever since we've been recording
0: yeah, it sure has. It definitely feels a bit awkward, but uh, I'm sure we can make this work. Is there any like particular subject you want to discuss in this evening, good sir?
1: Yes, um, I kind of want to focus on since it's kind of a catch-up point, uh, getting back into the swing
2: of things. Since I think it looks like we can start doing this going forward, I want to focus on how basically how humanity's been holding out as far as dealing with COVID nineteen and all and, and the like. And I and how that all how that all has been playing out for the past nine months. Um at how we've adapted, how maybe people aren't coping as well. In a philosophical manner, how isolation like this actually affects people.
0: Fair enough. Would you like to discuss it from a more personal point of view in terms of how isolation has a, or do you want to bring a more statistical analysis?
2: I think we could find a a
0: statistical perspective.
2: I think we could find a on that. Because, like, honestly, I think we should go back and forth on how we are individually equipped with it. And then we can kind of just work our way through the uh, the statistics. At that point, I personally, I've had a rough go of it. Yeah, I lost my job back at the end of
1: 2018, and there was already depression happening from that because it was a company I worked for for over a decade, which is unheard of in 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 modern times in general. Because very rarely do any does anybody really stay with a company for more than a handful of years before they, sh- before they shift off to another. So it was kind of a, it was a bit of a system shock for me because you, you, when you lose a, um, when you lose a situation like that, that is basically guaranteed employment that I've had since the first recession, it turned into a situation where I felt completely uneasy in the process. It was very freeing at first, but it was also very unnerving after a while. So when COVID, when COVID happened, you basically stacked shit on top of shit. Not only was I employed, but I also had issues with, um, with not being able to go and interact with the outside world anymore. So you you had isolation on top of unemployment and working around the house and you know, maintaining things there only served only served to give me something to do between waking up and going to sleep. And my sleep habits were pretty garbage before then. But to stack that on top of all the other stuff going on. It was kind of a headache. i found workarounds with voice chat and Discord and other voice chat features, But it really is a poor excuse for the ability to actually interact with people. So, I don't know. How about-
0: yeah, I have to agree with you there
1: how is it, how did it work out for you when things happened
0: well the thing is i'm mostly a solitary person so i can't necessarily say that it has affected me quite the same i do understand that people for the most part are negatively affected by this outbreak but personally my life has remained for the most part unaffected i and not necessarily in the best place right now, if we want to be honest, but that's more on a financial situation rather than the conditions due to the outbreak. It has been obviously a bit more stressful, but that's only because the strain that this outbreak has done to basically everyone. I don't think can be understated.
1: I agree. I think uh, I think what I, I think at the end of the day pe- people cope with th- with change like this in very different ways and it affects them across the board much more in much more uh, specific ways um for some people you might just feel more lonely for others you might be stuck in a situation where the people that you have who tend to be around you but you still have the ability to kind of move about uh they're in more close proximity to you and it make and it a kind of stranger relationship like even my even my my parents uh they had similar situations where they were um they They had differing work shifts, and when Covid occurred, things tend things got strained because they were dealing with each other in a more personal way than they were prior. because one person worked in the morning and the other one person worked in the evening. And when Covid hit, the evening person stopped working completely. So he was, they were home much more free, much more often because of it so things kind of turned turned strange it was more stressful but they learned to work around it you just have to adapt and i think in a lot of cases there's no real blueprint for something like this because it's the first time it's ever happened in our lifetime at least us specifically where that kind of stuff occurred if someone's been been alive since the 1900s and we're able to Say that they were there when the, when the, the the Spanish flu hit. Good for them, but God help you! I don't know if you're still alive.
0: Well, we had the Spanish flu in the early part of the 19th, of the twentieth century. We had polio outbreak in the in the Americas during the late twenties, early thirties, in particular during the Great Depression the HIV outbreak that came out within the 60s, 70s. Like, this isn't necessarily something that is exclusive due to generational gaps. We've kind of always had these sort of outbreaks to deal with. And if we, I mean, we still deal with malaria for all intents and purposes. We still deal with it. It's just that many first world nations have an excellent way of dealing or at least preventing malaria outbreaks throughout the, throughout their areas while those who are of uh, lesser financial stability well they don't fare it as well. I should say they should nations that have less fine um, resources available to them.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Now, do you personally think that the, those things that had happened in the past had the same gravity that we're at right now? Like, HIV happened, the whole AIDS thing happened, but, like, you never had full-on quarantine because of it. Uh, polio stuff, with i known people who suffered through polio. I had uh, teachers in middle school who actually had lasting uh after effects of having polio as kids
0: i don't think there is anything that has been as frightening in terms of outbreaks as the polio outbreak if the iron lungs aren't something that strike fear into the people's hearts i don't know what would because as crazy, as frightening as COVID has been to people in our generation, at least in recent times, doesn't compare it to something like polio, especially pre-penicillin. Oh, Jesus Christ, it was a nightmare. And there were some people to this day that still have modern iron lungs. It is, It is one hell of a fucking illness to be stricken with
1: the, the the overall the overall impact is different i think because i don't think at any given point were there great regions of land that were uh, completely quarantined or locked down in those cases if there were they, they weren't widespread i think this is probably one of the more uh impactful especially financially speaking uh,
0: well I know for a fact for the Spanish flu there was indeed an attempt to quarantine not not a it, it had a military quarantine as far as I know but as for a civilian pandemic no I don't think such a thing was widespread at least for the Spanish flu as for polio I do believe there was of some sort because polio is was far more devastating?
1: Honestly, I think overall, I think the toll across the board for people has been much more mental and emotional than really physical. I mean, you could look at the you could look at the death rates at at the moment and make a uh, and make a concerted case about that. And
0: would you would you think it's the way we were brought up that may have affected? Just how well or how effectively we reacted or responded to this outbreak?
1: No. Um, I mean, if you look at the way, because of the very nature of the world, of the the, the country we live in, the way our government is broken down into the federal and state levels, the authorities. That trickles down from the federal level is exercised by the individual governors and such, and mayors, and you know people, who, uh, people, uh, governmental bodies in, in in between is exercised in various ways depending on their affiliation, their personal beliefs, and a bunch of different other factors that really do push um, an overall um, battle plan. Now, if you look at a lot of the uh, more conservative governorships in the area, there really wasn't a massive push to lock down or mask up or socially distance. Because, over, in, in overall, there was a viewpoint from their perspective as in shutting things down only hurts the, the welfare and the well being of the people who are living in those areas. Now, to that, to, in, 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 depending on who you talk to, because again, the very nature of the, of the uh, statistics and the, you know, the, the different sides of the coin, so to speak, of how people are viewing this is like, well, they have so many infections and they're getting hurt. Yeah, well, they looked at it from a financial standpoint first. Now, is that a good or a bad thing? I guess that's anybody's guess because I personally have no fucking clue. I think.
0: Well, let's argue that they are looking at it from a financial standpoint. Is that a good perspective to look towards? To
1: yes and no. And I'll say, and, and, and everything, I've, and, and everything that we've been talking about, you can make the argument going both ways. If you look at it from a more, if you look at it from a general, a general welfare standpoint, locking things down doesn't help anybody. As you cut off supply lines you start shutting down infrastructure you end up making it, so small businesses and entrepreneurs have a harder time doing what they need to do and you can start losing small businesses left and right just because of this because you effectively clamped down the artery of, of of commerce in in favor of safety in um, on the inverse when you look at the, the more the more democratic governors, mayors etc the trickle down became more about more about safety over commerce their belief was is that the focus should be more on making sure people were doing what they needed to remain safe and that the infection rates didn't spiral out of control and strain the the medical industry in a way that that was that could be irreparable now if you look at different news outlets they have their own plans on how that played out in the nine months that we've been on an on and off trajectory of lockdown. Our specific state went with a tiered system. A lot of other the governors did the same thing. And they started at level one and worked up to level five. Level five being the most open and free and free. Here on the list and one being essentially you can't leave your home or birth without telling somebody and you might, you may, may have to wear a mask pretty much any time you walk out your front door. Full on toxicity levels. I don't think we've ever been at level one, thank God. I think we've always kind of teetered between level two and level four at least from my knowledge in the nine months. We're back down I think at level three right now which is still pretty functional, but a lot of uh, businesses, small businesses in our area have basically split the, the bird to the government in this regard and basically said we're not going back down to no indoor indoor serving because we see no reason to do this anymore. We have complied with your requests going forward and we we have no interest in further stifling our potential growth and survival in a situation where inflation is going to hit us like a Mack truck in the next year or so.
0: You could argue that it's already, that it's already in progress. Oh, I agree at the very, I agree at the very least that this lockdown hasn't been as effective as we would have liked. And unfortunately due to the lack of cooperation as well as the hypocritical and, disingenuous information and methods that the government has done upon the American people, we have unfortunately left... We have unfortunately made essentially our lockdown almost entirely pointless. We've basically taken uh, a giant... Well, I shouldn't say giant, but perhaps a a significant blow to our economic stability, with little return,
1: if any. Agreed. And in in the in the long run, what you're going to end up seeing is economic problems that are going to further balloon. Now, it's not going to be something that's going to be apparent at first. And a lot of people that I've talked to said that you probably won't notice much of a change going forward until you start seeing uh, your grocery bill start to go up in certain percentages. Perishable goods, refillable paper products, that kind of stuff is going to start spiking in price in various ways because of supplying issues. If the trucks aren't running, the product isn't getting to anybody. And I think there's an argument to be made that a lot of people just aren't putting in the thought process to go, hey, I, if, if there's nobody at the factories, if there's nobody in the, the, the butcher's area, if there's nobody in the semi-trucks driving the product to the stores, no matter how much money the government plans to give you, you can't subsist on, on, liquid, pay, uh, on liquid assets alone paper your 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 paper money is not a food and it might have fiber in it but it's not going to certainly sustain you in that way and when you have a situation where well, they think what the percentage was 33 percent of all of the money that was printed happened in the month of april for the year that's insane you are actively creating funds out of thin air on a currency that is backed by, that is not backed by any, any mineral or precious good. It's literally a fiat currency. You can't do that without it having economic repercussions. At the very least, we're going to see our, ta- get, we're going to get kicked really hard in, in, in the posterior when we hit our taxes in the next couple of years. At the very worst, We could see a temporary situation where we're like Venezuela, and our money is basically worthless in the face of the global market. Now, I...
0: I don't think that's going to be a thing until we until the global market starts seeing us as an unreliable and creditless nation. That's when the inflation will start being truly. Truly impactful upon American lives, because at this point, right now, while we are not at the best situation, we're at least semi-stable for the most part in comparison to uh, something like Venezuela. Now,
1: the problem I have with our situation in comparison to Venezuela is Venezuela is already in already in the end credits for their situation. They have already hit the point of no return. There's no, there's no going back for them now. They're already down and down at the, uh, at at the end of their (laughs) their movie credits. Where we're at now is kind of at the tense point before it all goes over the fucking all over the hill. And and that more has to do with, I don't mind there being economic stimulus. We got our stimulus checks. It took forever. I, say, I know people who didn't get theirs until the middle of summer in some cases but think about if they try and roll out a fresh one and it's between 600 and two thousand dollars that they're trying to give to everybody including children or four children well
0: well it's technically between 600 to 2600 because technically the sec the second stimulus check has already come out it is in the form of six hundred, and people have been receiving those checks since Wednesday, I believe. So that's already out. It's whether the question is whether the two thousand dollar stimulus paychecks will be uh, distributed, because at this moment they are currently saying yes, but they've been back and forth with this shit for the past couple of days, and basically it's a, it's a tennis match to see whether or not it pulls through ultimately in the end, because we're supposedly we're supposed to get it by the start of next week and that's a that's that's a, that's a bit that's a bit drastic, if we think about it a bit drastic for for timing, at least on when it comes up certainly welcome by majority of the people but perhaps not so for the government, when economically, anyway.
1: Well, the other issues that come into play is the the way that the the relief also comes out is there's also different things in place to ensure that people don't get screwed over and live with their living situation because the first stimulus had basically put provisions in place for student loans and uh, housing in some cases. And there were people who were basically relying on that to survive this particular situation. Because again, if you're bidden to not work, and you can't work to make money, you really do need a source of income to continue to function. And when you're sitting in a situation, especially because it's not just here, I want to make that clear to everyone, the global market as a whole, the global economy, global society is dealing with this as well. But the issue is, is and they are handling it in different ways. And our perspective is more towards how we are handling things financially, emotionally, mentally, physically, in a lot of cases, versus, you know, the situation as it is. So, if you want to look into the into the moving parts for the rest of the globe, you can look at just that. There's a bunch of different articles videos on youtube about how things have panned out in different areas needless to say there's not a place on the planet unless it's an island nation that doesn't care anyways that isn't having some kind of unrest
0: agree this is essentially our this is our domestic perspective not necessarily an international one we just don't simply deny that there is an international aspect involved but yes i agree we are looking to more we're focusing more on our our domestic perspective
1: agreed i think for as far as adaptation is concerned i think our markets have adapted overall a lot like i said before a lot of your small businesses have have put compliance measures in order i personally think they're out of they're outrageous what they've done to try and stay functional in this I've seen some local local uh, restaurants who have created essentially bubble boy scenarios, where they've basically cr- encapsulated tables in plastic domes and like see-through tents, so that they still can keep the social distancing, but have people eating in a uh, in a dine-in setting. My my issue with that is is that's well above and beyond what, one, what a small business should be required to function. Why in the world would you need to go that far just to make sure people can eat at your restaurant? If people are social distancing, if tables have already been set up in compliance, if, if filtration and ventilation systems have been updated to ensure that people are in compliance, why are we going backwards when we've already gone forward through all of this stuff? Stores shouldn't have to, do, to jump through all of these scoops. And I've seen it all over the place. I've seen places that have event tents up, like the ones that you see for outdoor weddings, sticking, jutting out of the side of these buildings like fucking tumors. What? What's the, how much money is that costing you to keep that up? Some areas you can't even do that. There are, Ordinances in place that'll, that that prevent you from having uh, non non temporary tents up. So they some of these some of these businesses are just screwed. And I and pardon my French, but I know I've, I've kind of gone off the rails on that. I know we were planning on swearing too much on this podcast, but like frustration wise, if I was a business owner, I would find any way I could to what do one of two things. They were stay operational within my budget or just cut my losses and walk away because the U S bankruptcy uh, system is pretty fucking forgiving. And if at the end of the day, if you couldn't make your dream of having a business work in this situation, because all the cards are stacked against you, like it wasn't even your fault. COVID was a COVID was a freak thing that only a few people had their ears to the ground about. And I don't blame people if they can't, can't cope with it. I completely understand that. But in, in, the, in, the, in this context, I don't personally see a light at the end of the tunnel for anybody who has, a, who has any kind of uh, retail situation, who isn't one of the bigger companies, because they're not going like, to... The, the, trans- the, the, the transfer of wealth has already happened so badly, and it only ramps up because of COVID, if you're a small business owner and and you weren't doing well, and if you weren't past one, you, the, you know the five-year statement, right? A, a company does not become viable until five years or become financially stable for five years.
0: Yes, because statistically, half of all businesses closed down permanently before five years, and then half of those companies are done before yep. ten.
1: If you couldn't even get past your five-year window when COVID hit, you might as well just cut your losses. Because it's, from what I heard, the bells and whistles and hoops you had to jump through to get your business license and food license, and God forbid if you had a liquor license, the the month the amount of taxes and shit that you paid for, even if you got that money back in uh, at the end of the year, you might as well just cut it. You might as well just write it. Write the whole thing. Write it all off. Go, go claim bankruptcy and just be done with it because I can't justifiably see if you're a bit small business and the, and the government's telling you that you cannot operate your business, especially in some of the areas where it's gotten really, really draconian. I won't specify areas because I feel like it's unfair to pass aspersions like that, but from the stories I've been hearing, obviously, there are stories of places where the, the health department, the police, different municipalities have basically come down on businesses who are just trying to operate and are trying to operate legitimately. Like I've heard stories about a, about a place that was doing uh, doing a online Zoom meeting with, uh, or not a Zoom meeting, uh, like like a chat situation with some of their uh, their customers to try and get the product to them. And someone kicked down their door and told them they had to stop, even though they weren't technically open, open. I've heard stories about bars and restaurants all over the fucking United States who are either being brought down by fines or being brought down by, by the police. And all they're trying to do is just stay open. I know it's, I know it sounds selfish when you look at it. It's like, well, maybe they should just sit back and, you know, you told them to do that at the at the beginning of fucking March. You can't keep kicking down the can down the road for these companies. They will not survive. And if that's the situation, then you need to go to them, permanently close their business and hand them a check and say, we're sorry, you cannot be open unless you're making you are making two to three million dollars a year in in revenue. And there. Close it all down. Put the bullet in the head of these companies because you just keep stringing them along and they're not going to sit there and let it keep happening. They're going to either defy your orders and try their damnedest to try and survive or they're just going to collapse. Stop lying to them. Tell them, that they, tell them what needs to be heard. We're not going to be opening anytime soon. I'm personally thinking 2024 is, is the magic number. I don't think we're going to see any kind of forward motion with our economy till then maybe i'm being a cynic maybe i'm just looking at the numbers and looking at the professionals who have basically been telling us the telling us these talking bull stories i don't know i don't want to be the conspiracy theorist about this kind of stuff but this kind of reflects the level of stress that we deal with in this regard because this is my frustration i don't own a business my, I, my feelings are very much an empathic viewpoint of what it must be like to be in that situation. I'd be infuriated if I, if, if they were telling me out one side of their face that they want to care about small businesses. And out the other side, they're going, well, you can't open. That in, in, As far as I'm concerned, the first thing you said means nothing to me at that point. Everything is now hidden, John. You can't open. Well, the biggest
0: issue behind it is that we can't simply halt. We can't – for whatever reason, despite everything, despite the fact that it is indeed a literal construct, we cannot stop – we cannot seize debt. For whatever reason, we refuse to simply let people – simply seize um, collection. And that's the biggest problem. If companies if the government had per, had ceased collection on all ends, we wouldn't even be having this discussion. Nobody would be concerned over losing anything. But instead, they insist that businesses need to shut down while in you know, while demanding that they still have to pay whatever costs it upkeeps necessary for those closed businesses and that makes no sense to me like why would why would you continue to add pressure to these businesses or to people in general because obviously this goes outside of business this is why these stimulus checks were even demanded to be begin with because just because those people are out of jobs doesn't mean that they don't have bills to pay it doesn't mean that we don't have Things that we need to take care of, because unfortunately those debts don't go away, or don't, or aren't fro aren't frozen. The moment the moment we lose our jobs, even if it is due to to the reasons of COVID, and obvious, and in my opinion, that's preposterous. There's just no way that that should have been the case, and yet that's how they want to play it. Pay your shit. We don't care if you don't have a job. You're still going to have to pay. This is how you're hurting everyone. You're
1: creating a no-win situation where desperation is going to end up being the winning hand for them. And when you have a bunch of people who are doing things out of desperation, that's when society as a whole starts, the, the foundation start to crumble on that. If you're telling people that we, that we as a society need to steel ourselves against this pandemic, but you're not providing them the tools to succeed in this endeavor. What you're telling them is you do not have a choice. If you take people's choices away, especially people who are either retail, who are in a, in a uh, non essential business, God help you if you are, if they aren't working for a big company like Walmart or Target or the like or they own their own business and they can't open their doors or worse off there were rumors that people were making so much more money on unemployment with the extra stimulus boost that they didn't want to come back to work even though the businesses who were getting the getting the tax relief were being allowed to open their doors as long as they could as long as their employees came back well why would their employees come back if they're making $1,200, $1, dollars off the government every month. Why would they waste their fucking time? It, this is this the kind of stuff that...
0: Yep. Unfortunately, we have created the grounds why, and I don't mean to bring this up, but you bring essentially the reasoning why socialism couldn't possibly work. Because the moment the people are reliant on government funding you essentially destroy the means of production moreover you destroy the, you destroy the worker class and when the worker class is wiped out there's nothing for the rest of society to to, to sustain themselves with and eventually the society in that region or in that nation in that particular it eventually collapses and we're all o- we've only seen a hint of that example with the with the unemployment stimulus fraud because they were also actually were there also cases where they were actually fraudulently collecting there unemployment. There
1: are always those cases in any situation with unemployment. I couldn't tell you the numbers on Yeah, so there was like increased I would have cases to say yes, of it, but. With the with the unprecedented situation, that would only be natural. Would be my response. Not saying it's good, bad, or otherwise. It's just it's just what it's just what's going to happen.
0: Now you expected it as such, and oh, it only followed
1: suit. And I, I think when you really do look at the way everything's panned out as far as percentages is concerned, if you're looking at the the data tracker of late. And how it how it's actually broken down right now since uh, that's a, that's kind of weird that's okay so reported to the CDC since qu- January twenty first twenty twenty the total cases um, at current are twenty million sixty one thousand eight hundred eighteen and of one hundred sixty eight thousand six hundred and thirty seven new cases. So average daily cases per hundred thousand in the last seven days is fifty seven point three. Now we're looking at a total death count across the board since January twenty first, twenty twenty, of three hundred forty six thousand nine. Now I would contrast that to other Ailments that have a mortality rate. I don't know what the cross on that one would be, personally, but a lot of people compare it to the one of the more one of the more common things that kill people, the flu. Things that we have shots for as well. I don't. I can't confirm or deny that kind of situation. Obviously, the virulency of COVID nineteen is is ballparks greater than than the flu as a whole. Especially because we do have vac- we do have vaccinations for specific strains of the flu, so I couldn't confirm or deny it either way. But
0: well, we not only have strains; we can always develop a new strain every year because we have studied influenza for so long that we can essentially develop the right vaccine needed for every new strain every year so at the very least we've been able to keep up COVID on the other hand is something we have not necessarily kept up with and because of it it ended up being the one that bit us in the ass because not
1: due to this outbreak agreed and that more has to do with unpreparedness as a whole if you were, uh, if you had your ear to the ground at the beginning of January and you were listening to a lot of independent creators on YouTube, you could probably start hearing rumblings of COVID-19 happening because if, if the, uh, the World Health Organization is to be believed, there were cases dating back to November of 2019. So... But it was all isolated to a specific region of the world. And it, it was something that there, there, were, there were containment issues going on there. So there really wasn't anybody in the global news sphere who was really reporting on it. What you had were a bunch of independent creators who had, um, who, who had an in on data and information coming from that region and were just transmitting it as it was occurring. It wasn't until late February, when, middle of February, when a lot of the mainstream media was starting to talk about it. So if you had your ear to the ground in January, like myself and some other people, um, you knew to start kind of getting your affairs in order, especially with, with regards to resources, non-perishable goods, just basically just kind of pre- prepping yourself for what, what was to come. And I'm going to say it, I also did the same thing, and I know you did as well, especially because around the time the COVID lockdowns happened, it was, it was um, when you just a little bit before you were starting to, you know, shift locations and kind of start. Yeah, we'll be yeah, exactly no the best. Of time. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah. it's, um, yeah, um. So, but you but you were at least thinking forward on that one, and you were gathering up resources on your end, whatever little non-perishable goods you could grab hold of, just to have a, a buffer. You did the same thing, and I knew people who they weren't being weird, or you know, some people when they see people grabbing a shit ton of dry goods bottled water and band-aids and shit like that they kind of look at them and roll their eyes like oh no another doomsday prepper sometimes dude it's just easier to be prepared and i and between youtube videos with uh who uh, were showing me budget cooking recipes i have become very much a proponent of dry bulk goods (laughs) shelf stable products
0: and that's fair. That's perfectly fine. All I can say is, unless you actually grow your own food, unless you actually create your own non-perishables, I don't think it's right for people to criticize or insult or make fun of those who, well, in other circumstances, overprepare Because Let's be honest, the majority of the population, the vast majority of the population, cannot provide food for themselves. Out of every, out of the entire population of the planet, only 1% actually works in agriculture. 1%, meaning 99% of us are completely screwed. If the agricultural system fails. So if something like a pandemic. Could affect the agricultural supply chains. Yeah people are going to want to prepare. And they're probably going to over prepare. Because it takes time to grow food. Ladies and gentlemen. As surprisingly as that might be. It takes time to grow it you're not going to be able to eat the roots and stalks of plants or the seeds alone you'll likely start I think, that- I think that at the very least it's not those types of people while it should not be led to that perhaps we shouldn't they should not be overpreparing i don't think we're at that particular moment where we should be ridiculing or making fun, at the very least, not in a cynical sort of way. Fine, I get people make fun just for comedic sake. I can get that. That's totally fine. But there are people who do so unironically, thinking that it is absolutely wrong for them to do so. And to an ex- and only to an extent, that's not quite the case.
1: I, I agree to an extent sense, but a lot, even the people that I were that I followed had basically reached out to their followers and said, look, if you don't, if you weren't at the, the very least constructing some kind of garden for yourself, just a small one, cucumbers, tomatoes, celery, carrots, that kind of shit. Oh, boy. But if I you think about it, it, that should be something that people should just do anyways. If you have any kind of um areable land even if you're renting if you're a landlord's fine with it and you can take the you know four or five square feet in the back that you're not using for a swing set or for you know some kind of grow you know uh flower growing why wouldn't you have some kind of patchwork quote unquote victory garden i know people who've always been growing things for as long as they've been upwardly mobile i worked with people who were like that they had bumper crops that they were handing out to the fellow employees you knew those individuals that i knew because we worked together for a brief moment they, they've never been doing that in fact they they still were reaching yes. out to me a little after the company that i worked with went under to ask if i wanted tomatoes cause they just had so many i don't think i think at the end of the day it's a certain amount of I, I think there's a certain amount of responsibility that you don't have to be a homeowner to want to have access to greater greenery and uh, vegetation. because again, unless you're driving out to the country and talking to these these farmers who, a lot of them, when this all happened, were basically told to go and burn half their crops because there wasn't going to be and there wasn't going to be an ability to get them out to the public. Well, if you were smart and you didn't mind driving two hours out of your way, you could go directly to the farmers and be like, "Look, I'll buy a, you know, a, a, an eighth of a bushel of your corn, some cucumbers and shit." They basically were doing makeshift farmers' markets on the side of the road, like olden times, because they were just trying to get their product out. You could go directly to fucking slaughterhouses in a lot of cases or butcheries and talk to these people and be like, "Look." i'll buy a side of meat from you i don't care i will drag it in my truck in, in my trunk of my car or in my uh in my <laughs> in my flatbed in the back and i will take it home i will put it in a fucking standing freezer and i will butcher the shit out of it myself just to make sure that i have meat going forward There, if there's a will there's a way but again that's the mind that's the vocal minority there are or, or the, the silent minority there are a bunch of people who are in the same boat that A lot of us were in, we're just like, well, guess the grocery store doesn't have anything. Guess i will just sit back and wait for resupply to happen. But like you said, if resupply never occurs, then they're just screwed.
0: Yep, I agree. I 100% agree.
1: (laughs) For me, I think at the end of the day, we need to, and when it comes to preparing for this kind of stuff, There really does need to be a better ear to the ground than there has been. I think because of people being busy and just the general hustle and bustle of everyday life for a lot of people, they just weren't aware of what was going on. And it made things much simpler for the, um, the, the, the virus to spread as easily as it did because by the time people were aware of what they needed to do, there were already dead bodies. There's really nothing to do about it. But at the same time, I think the long term damage to the people who are alive and left behind is gonna be much more impactful. And I don't know if that if that ends up meaning something in the long run. Again, I'm not I, I can't I can make postulations about what happens in the future to people when it comes to their financial situations and things, especially because we have such a huge stalemate going on in uh in our in our political arena as it were i honestly don't know maybe this maybe that what happened with the omnibus spending bill maybe they put all of that pork and riders on there so that it looks absolutely unappealing and no one will pass it because they know that if they pass it it could possibly tank the economy who knows i don't know i don't have a clue i don't know what goes through the mind of other people i can barely at the end of the day know what goes through my own mind half the damn time because this the whole situation just seems pretty stressful overall, but who knows? I don't. I don't honestly know. I think overall, it's just uh, it just is what it is. But what's your take on it? No, I absolutely agree.
0: As for that stupid ominousville I'm going to assume that the disaster part of the whole thing came essentially from the fact that. Okay, who makes a five 6,000 page bill that everyone re- is required to read and then vote on on the same damn day? It just screams, screams foul play. It screams corruption. Uh, that just comes from my perspective anyway. Maybe I'm being too cynical on it, but it just screams. I agree. It just screams foul play. And we're and we were only scratching the surface with some of the things that were that were looked into. And look, I have no problems with helping our fellow our fellow people throughout the world. The problem is, is that as we are in a pandemic, we all need to start trying to look after ourselves first because we can't do anything if we are knocked out and put out of line. So the fact that they had quite a bit of spending put no, put towards, uh, you know, foreign aid, it's – forgive me, but I can't help but question the thought of that. And there was clearly other questionable things there, like the – I don't know why people – I don't know why Equestrians – are getting such ridiculous tax breaks. I mean, I'm happy for you, but at the same time, I'm kind of confused. It's an oddly specific
1: part of the bill. You're telling me. I think think at the end of the day, I think there wasn't... This is something I said to a a friend of mine who was streaming uh, last week. I said, the situation is very intriguing from a everyday person standpoint, because with the situation as it stands with COVID and lockdowns, a lot of people, no matter their political affiliation, are being forced by, by current circumstances to be very aware of what's going on in the political arena. More so than I think anybody really has in the past. You could always talk, say that, yo, yeah, totally. I was totally paying attention to what the Congress has been doing, you know, on and off for the past, you know, five, ten years. Absolutely, I watch these things. It's just like, unless you unless you have an ear and an eye for that kind of thing, you're not going out of your way to do that. There's a certain amount of there's uh, a certain amount of uh, carte blanche that you handed to the political arena to do what needs to be done without the oversight of the people. And what's happened now is there's plenty of okay. oversight by the people and there are people... You have, you have millions of people who live, it, it, live in our country. Millions and millions. I think we're at billions, I'm sure.
0: We're at 300 million. Uh, roughly... 200 million are currently over the age of 18 and yeah it's kind of hard for these assholes and i'm not meaning the citizens i'm talking about not i mean civilians i'm not talking about them i'm talking about the politicians kind of hard for these assholes to try and pull pull uh, right from under the rug on us when we have nowhere to go and all we have is fucking time to look through our shit yep, to see like what's going on.
1: We can now basically take apart we can do what Congress can't do with that omnibus spending bill. We can nitpick the living hell out of it because there's that many people who have access to the PDF of the full omnibus spending bill and can look over it and go, are you fucking kidding me? Why do I give a shit about how about horse doping why does it matter to me that they make a smart toilet? Why is there so much money going to for foreign aid when domestically people are suffocating to death? What the hell is the thought process here?
0: Uh, what the hell with the
1: $6 million fund
0: towards making a toilet that reads anal prints? How the fuck does that even
1: work? Why is that even necessary? <laughs> exactly. That's the correct thought process. If you can you imagine across history how much pork managed to get through on these fucking bills when no one was looking. You now have the most of the fucking population of the United States yeah. very aware of the dumb shit that you're pulling. So either you're doing it blatantly in in the face of the people who have put their trust and faith in you. Or you're doing it as a point to basically reach out and say, help me, I can't escape. You need to reach out to your, your politicians and tell them not to support this. Because let's just put up the spoilers. I already contacted one of my senators. And I already put out and said, look, I, this is unacceptable. I, you, What you're doing is nearly impossible for any person to survive on in any meaningful capacity. And, and and I'm sure I'm not the only one because what else are you going to do? All you can do is talk to your representatives and, base, and your and your senators and be like, look, this is stupid. You're not doing right by the people that you're supposed to represent. And again, it's gotten to the point where now it's bipartisan, whatever the fuck that means in the time being, because a lot of people have realized that the the moving cogs at the top in the polit- political arenas there is no Democrat and Republican. It's just a different it's just a different path to the same end goal. That's why the word your party has come into play.
0: You're absolutely right. It they're all basic it's all basically sewer pipes that all leads to the same damn cesspool of shit. And that's essentially what that bill was composed of. The sludge that they took from their fucking quill pens and wrote it down on that piece of paper or Whatever was left of it for them to sign off on, they didn't think that we would fucking take notice. Yeah, great idea, guys. Great fucking idea. Well, we're all stuck at home being forced out of our jobs and just have no other option but to see what our fellow politicians will do for the sake of the people, our leaders, who decided that this was the best way to handle such an outbreak. And it didn't even, they weren't even clever about it.
1: And let's be perfectly honest, they could have gone back to doing that kind of stuff, after they sorted all of this stuff out,
0: absolutely. Once everything went back to normal, they could have been like, "All right, back to the back to the dirty shit." But instead, they thought, "Ah, eh, these guys are idiots. What the fuck? Could, what's the That's worst that could great. happen?"
1: All I'm going to say, I, I if it were me and yeah. I was a conniving idiot like that, and I was looking to keep temporal power, I would have just been as straightforward as humanly possible on the front end waited for the coast to clear, waited for everything to clear up enough Well, people were going back to work and then going back and doing stupid writers and pork politics. Honestly, and, I, and this is me being cynical about it. If, it it's, it's, a, it's definitely in-their-shoes kind of situation, but this is just blatant. No, and part of me thinks it's intentional. I think what they're trying to do is one of two things. They're trying to get away with it wholesale, knowing that there's nothing that anybody's going to willingly get up and do because they're all... Basically, they all have a boot on their neck by, by financial reasons, or they're trying to make people hate it so that they don't have to pass it. You, if you don't want somebody to, to accept what you're doing, you make it as unappealing to them as humanly possible. And if you make something that the, that the, the, the American people basically look at and go, why? What, why? Why are you doing this? It's like, I guess we can't pass it then. No, you can't pass it. Guess we can't.
0: Guess we can't give you the $600. You don't want it's just,
1: it. It's more about, it isn't, it, and yeah, it could be for nefarious purposes where they don't have to actually pay pay their constituencies. I don't think it's that. I think I don't think it's as nearly as malevolent as that. I think they just don't want to be on the hook for the, the ramifications that are going to happen down the line, whatever they may be.
0: Well, that's how I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it that they just simply don't want to pay their constituents an amount that they feel that they
1: can't pay. If they
0: can pay themselves, oh, absolutely, since even when they're on fucking vacation, they get paid by, you know, by us but when it comes to helping the, the American people, oh, fuck no, we're going to be as slow and as backbreakingly breakingly difficult as possible before you even get a dime out of us. There's an old saying, I think there was a quote in the Shawshank Redemption that the taxpayers only want one thing in prisons. They want more, more bars, more guards, and I think, that's, I think that's about it, but the point was is that when it comes to certain aspects, we, uh, people can be quite stingy. Even if at one point, if the decision was reversed upon them, they'd be more than welcome to it. They'd, they'd be all for it. Like if we go back with that stupid governor from California once more, that would be the perfect example I mean, oh no, we have to shut down all the wineries in these counties, all of them. Oh, don't you worry about that one, that one's perfectly fine, that one is perfectly, it's doing the ultimate business, it's doing the ultimate sacrifice here, it's it's doing everything it can, we have to be the one that pulls it. Isn't that your winery, though? No one... Don't 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 question. It. Don't don't ask too many questions. Fucking jackasses.
1: This is definitely got there? way more political than I imagine it was going to, and I'm sure you can agree with me on that. Yeah. But this to me yeah, is, I 100% is agree. an actual example of the stress level. And honestly, it's the, the, the mental wear that that comes down on people in these situations we're exemplifying in this regard what you what the human mind does in the face of a situation that they're out of that's out of their control to an extent i i, I don't I, i'm not i don't want to push any particular political ideology in, in any case when it comes down to it because <clears throat> they all are pretty nauseating to me on their on their base merits Whatever intrinsic, whatever intrinsic value they have definitely is much more um, counterbalanced by the flagrant corruption that they that, that they purport. There is always corruption in those situations, minimal even if it's minimal malfeasance of some kind or another. There's still there's no good without evil and vice versa the, 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 the till will always be balanced in that regard. But when you are stuck in a situation where you're in a pseudo form of um, imprisonment, is the best way I can put it, I know it sounds really dark, but what else am I supposed to say? What's the type of imprisonment? When you've hit that level of um, imprisonment where you're basically just sat there forced to watch this all play out around you, your perspective gets planted and warped, your, your attitude towards things that you normally would look at as benign definitely starts to fall to the wayside and you definitely become much more uh, uh, bristling against it you don't want to you, you don't look at it as a positive thing or a negative thing, or you don't look at it as a positive thing anymore, you're much more geared towards the negative not that anybody had a positive viewpoint of politicians as a whole they, 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 they either are unless you were in an immediate constituency and your politician was reaching out to you every once in a while at which point you're probably a donor you're likely not going to care one way or another what your politician thinks you're just knowing that they were, they are supposed to be up, up to bat for you but when you're in a situation now where your hands are bound behind you and you're watching them do what they do you are left to the point where you have no choice but to scream and thrash and think what they're doing is nothing short of uh, of, uh, of evil. I, I mean, in the most traditional sense. I, I think if you wanted to be much more, um, <laughs> if you want to be a little bit more basic, a little bit more politically correct about it, and I find that statement to be ob- obviously nauseating, it's antithetical to a functioning society you would look at this as a human being with rational thought and common sense, if you have it of course, and say why would you go to deep length to make something like this happen why would you create something that is obviously so unabashedly ridiculous unless you were trying to send a message to the American people to run as far away from it as possible I don't know That'd be, that's my that's my take on it. How about you?
2: Yeah,
0: either that or they are like you said the previous statement, we, they are so unabashably shamelessly corrupt that they thought so little of their constituents intellectually and just wrote it off as if though what were they going to do? Were they going to look into a five, six thousand page document? We wouldn't even do it. Why would the, why would their why would their constituents do it? And the simple answer is when you have no fucking when you have all the fucking time in the world, you might want to take a look into it, you know, just to be on the safe side. Yeah. All people, all people want is for their shit to be covered. And that usually means they want it covered through their own fucking means. Give them the opportunity to do that, and they'll be fine. But they are insistent that we have to do things in a specific manner, but they can't even follow their own goddamn guidelines. So when they fail to do so, it pisses everyone off. It also
1: not do any favors for the people who are genuinely trying to help. When you have what, what you've created now is a sense of exactly um, disdain for the process of that the pharmaceutical industry, the medical industry are going towards to protect the general welfare of the population. Why would they have faith in what's going on when they see politicians going out and doing things that are antithetical to their very dictates? why would they care about the medical industry collapsing in on itself as a possibility when they're watching people on tiktok at hospitals doing dances and things even if okay i want you to be i want to say this on the front side i don't care that there were that there were medical professionals doing tiktok dances where they were happy that there was a covid vaccine that coming out and everything was good people who are in a stressful situation where they have no control over things do not see things in a positive light it, it is impossible they, they cannot do it they are physically and mentally and emotionally un- incapable of seeing things at, at, from the light that you are seeing things half the people don't even think the vaccine is going to do anything the other half don't want to even have anything to do with the vaccine because they're probably part of either the anti-vaxxer movement or they're watching all of these freak show news articles that are popping up out of the woodwork that are saying that the fucking virus is going to give them a fucking ass tentacle. Why are they going to want to do that? Because again, if, in their mind, if the, if, the, if the cure is worse than the disease, why do they care? How do you explain to an, an average person who was working a nine to five job, we need you to sit there and shut up and get jabbed in the arms? what are the side effects it doesn't matter we're not telling you anything you and even if it's it's, it's the statement of they're not telling you anything because they don't have all of the you know the side effects on a sheet of paper in front of them or moreover they just don't feel like explaining it you think an average person is going to sit there and let you jab them in the arm let me be honest with you i don't care i just got a flu shot as far as i'm concerned i'm looking at this the same way i look at it as a flu shot i'm going to get it done and then i'm going to go out and do something else with my time And if I need to take the follow-up one, I take the follow-up one. Some of them are in two parts. But that's me. I'm looking at this from a perspective of I just want this to I want to just get this over with. Then you have the next layer of people who are like, I don't want to do this if it's going to hurt me or my family. And they have every right to feel that way. Especially because this is a rushed out process with a rushed out product and people aren't going to feel comfortable taking something that hasn't been in their eyes not in general because again there is a bunch of you know trial runs and testing and shit that happens in the background that people just don't see or aren't a part of there's a certain level of empathy that you have to have for people where you have to go i understand what you don't want to do this i understand that you feel uncomfortable in this regard because you have no information in front of you so i can't for the i can't fault you for saying i'm not going to go out of my way to do that. i can't i am not i am incapable of doing that because i want people at the end of the day to come to their own conclusion that something is good or bad i don't want it forced down their throat in a way that will make them feel awful later mentally or emotionally and god forbid physically Everyone's biology is different. What happens if someone has a terrible reaction to this? and fucking collapses in the middle of a hospital. Uh, that woman was, Can't we from what I heard, the case of the medic, of that medical professional who uh, was at the press conference who collapsed on stage, she had just recently got the shot and she apparently had a, had a um, uh, she's referred, it's referred to as needle shy. She uh, her she, she had a fainting, she had a, a, low, a blo- low low blood low blood pressure experience. I can vouch for her because I had a TB test when I was 15 because when I lived in Las Vegas, you had to get a TB test and a food license to be able to work in the food industry, and I got my TB test and almost collapsed onto the ground after getting it. Yeah, some people have needles. Some people have aversions to needles. Sometimes it's me- mental. Sometimes it's biological. Like your response is, "Hey, guess what? I'm just going to shut off now." So I'm not going to. I can't. I'm not going to chalk that up as a as a um, as a as a as a reaction to the shot, as a, to the the vaccine. It was probably just a reaction to the needle. <laughs> so that's weird. I'm like I said. I'm not going to. I'm not gonna shit on somebody if they have a needle reaction because I would probably have one too at that point if I was watching it happen. I was
0: genuinely curious if she actually succumbed to a side effect
1: to the vaccine. I did not know. It's fine, it's fine. But yeah, that that was the actual situation there. Does it suck? Absolutely. Does it happen? Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, like, like I said, like I said, like I said before to people who just, who don't want to think yeah. in that, in those contexts, it's like, you can be angry at people for wanting to live their lives, but you will only piss yourself off further and further. What would be better served for you and for them is for everyone to understand that we're all trying to get through this in the same juncture, for good or ill, I'm not sure. And honestly, I don't know anymore. And I think that I think that's what scares me the most about the situation is I am an, I, 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 and I'm sure I'm not the only one. It's the, the not knowing that really just makes the whole process so much more unsettling. Because it's not just a situation that you can't control. It's a situation you can't control that you're not given any real information about a lot of the people who are trying to keep control over the situation and you put those two things together in a population that's prone to panic and respond reaction reactionarily respond you you you're not going to end up with positive things That's probably going to be pretty bad we're never going to live down
0: with uh, we bought we we yep. we fear, we fear yep, bought yep. toilet paper we spent money on that crap uh. I know. I know. I just said about not making fun of people, who, or at least not 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 to rip in too hard on those who overprepare. But that was literally the pinnacle of oh, example yeah. of over preparation.
1: And it would, and it, and you would be hard pressed not to want to point a finger at it and go, "All right." But I, but even in that regard, after the fact and everything else, I can't fault them for it.
0: Just question for the me. Judges. It's
1: very much a. I don't have any. <laughs> I don't have any fault for them, other than the fact that my ass didn't get wiped a couple days, and honestly, that wasn't a problem for me because I went with smart and bought some cheaper toilet paper as a backup plan in case I needed to, and that got me through the leaner month.
2: Overall, there's a certain amount of fuck it that you need to have with this situation. It's the best way to explain it. I don't know how to explain it otherwise. And I think at this point, we've kind of let, we've kind of petered off in the conversation anyways, so. <sighs> Either way. It's... Oh, absolutely. I I, I wouldn't I've trade it in for the world. It's just more it, of an observation. Really. It's just like, all we've kind of done is kind of vented about the process. And honestly, that's the best example of, of how people have been coping with COVID-19 and that sort of thing. I mean, that, that I think we've set our own example just in an execution, and I'm fine with that. I'm sure going forward, now that we've got it all down on paper and we know how it all works out, we'll probably start setting up topics again and going from there, because I still have a few left from the original uh, blueprints, and I think that we could probably make that work into an, actual, um, into an actual podcast. But since this is kind of our return performance, I wanted to make sure that – we, uh, we, we did something that was prevalent to the situation we all find ourselves in
0: that's fair enough man I mean that's what happened we live with we live within the times and I think that's the best way we can uh, sp- spread the message and discuss uh, agreed
2: I discuss our- all right So. <clears throat> You can find our podcast on the Anchor app itself if you have it. Um the Anchor app also publishes two Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google podcast, Overcast, Breaker, Castbox, and a few choice others. Um if any of those platforms are defunct, obviously ignore them, but the major ones are Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc. Uh, you can contact us individually if you wish. Um, I am at Punk Toast. I'm sorry. I am Punk Toast on Twitter. There's no at there. Um, You can also contact me via Instagram, also at Punk Toast. Go ahead, uh, Harma. What's your what's your shtick? You can find me as the Ragnarok Knight on Twitter as well.
0: It has been a pleasure discussing with you tonight. Thank you for
2: joining us. Thank you all. And uh, this has been Captain Mediocre's Haunted Tiki Bar. Please join us next time at the bar where we will serenade you with more rants and insanity as we often do. Keep your wits about you and have your booze ready. Cast off, friends.